the tax laws in Australia changed in 2019 and now the LDS Church, the way they've got their tax set up organised to avoid tax through tithing now is perhaps illegal. So Right. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> it states that the church says that, oh, we're doing everything legally. Eventually, should it be found that they are doing everything illegally, they are going to then claim ignorance of the law, which is dumb. They have lawyers and lawyers and lawyers and lawyers all over the place. So they're not ignorant. They're doing this on purpose. Oh, yeah, for sure. Another article from the Sydney Morning Herald on the same issue has this really mm -hmm. nice chart about how their shell company is worked out. Oh, yeah, I saw you sent that to me. <laughs> Apparently, the issue is that the company that they route the money through has no paid staff in Australia. Yeah, exactly. In Australia, which according to the law, if they are going to be claiming tax-exempt status due to charitable work in Australia, they have to be paying Australian people or at least have their offices based in Australia, utilizing Australian resources and personnel right. in order for that to count. Yeah. But they're not. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, so. I mean, even here, in the United States, the benefits to tithing cannot be calculated. They're spiritual. Immeasurable? Inconsequential. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely inconsequential. <laughs> yeah, they really are. They've got to do the investigation to see if it really contravenes tax laws. It might be in the end that it doesn't, but it seems a bit dodgy. Well, yeah, it could be that they are following the letter of the law and not the spirit of the law. Like they're right there on the edge. They're definitely not following the spirit of the law. We know this no, because they're not. not helping people. No, they're not helping <laughs> I don't understand why they're hoarding money. They used to pay janitors to clean the church. And then I don't remember exactly when they said, oh, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to have the members come in and clean it, volunteer their time and clean it. Oh, that sucks. There's no point. So in three different wards, I was the ward building representative, which <laughs> meant it was my job to try and get fucking members to come in and clean the church on Saturday. And it was like pulling teeth. It was <laughs> nearly impossible to ever get anybody in there. Inevitably, my family and I, we would be in there just, you know, me, my wife, and my three tiny little children vacuuming. That sucks, James. Cleaning toilets, throwing the trash away. Instead of trying to strong arm unwilling members to do it, they have enough money to just pay them. I, I can't remember which prophet said it. It may have been John Taylor. He said, eventually the church will reach a point where members will not have to pay tithing. Oh. <laughs> he said that. This was, of course, back when the church was in debt up to its eyeballs. And That's amazing. They should hold yeah. him to that. Put an exclamation point after what he said, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Just like Wendy Nelson said, put an exclamation after everything the prophet says. <laughs> like, there's no reason for them not to, but they like to say, oh, well, it helps build faith. No, it makes life harder for the members. That money could be used to buy food for your little children or could be used to save up to send your children to college. The Mormon leaders have said and continue to say, if you have to decide between feeding your kids and paying tithing, pay tithing. That's just bonkers. It is crazy. And they say it because they believe there's a spiritual principle there, magic essentially. If you do this, that magic will happen and you will just be provided for. Yeah, it's the whole prosperity gospel thing. That's exactly it. The Mormon version of prosperity doctrine. I like Mormons certainly don't see themselves as following the prosperity gospel. <laughs> but they sure do. Yeah, they do. It's baked into the religion. It's baked into the Mormon cake. Exactly. 
exactly. <laughs> Tithing is called fire insurance. Uh, it's much better than home insurance. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like God will protect you. Or also, if you're paying your tithing, when something bad happens, the church will be there for you. But as Gigi has told us, you know, in the case with her sister. That's right. They're not there for you. They're not there for you at all. Yeah. That's so great that her sister's left the church. Isn't that great? Yeah, it is. That's <laughs> it's, it, it is great. Gigi's sister, if you're listening, please come on this podcast and read some of this horse shit with us. Ah, oh, you said they're going to overturn Roe vs. Wade. Oh, fuck me sideways. Yeah, looks that way. There was a draft that was leaked completely overturning Roe versus Wade, which here in the United States is what enshrines protections for right. abortion. When did that happen? Was that the 80s or the 70s? Early 70s, I think. Because I've been hearing it. about it my entire life. And in Australia, we've never had a problem with abortion. Technically, apparently, there have been laws against abortion and so forth. But the way those laws played out were generally that women could get an abortion. That's just the way it worked out. Well, yeah, that was not the case here. It will again, not be the case. Most likely we're going to be back where we were in the 60s and 50s. It's not like it's going to make abortions unavailable. Rich people, people in high socioeconomic stations will still be able to get abortions. They can afford to go to a state where abortion is still legal. Even Smitty could get abortions. (laughs) Yeah, Bennett. (laughs) James E. Bennett. Maybe. We don't know. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But what's going to happen is that people in poor socioeconomic stations who cannot travel to a different city or a different state or different country to get a safe abortion. They're going to still try and get an abortion, but it's going to be in a back alley. It's going to be with an unregulated doctor. It's going to be with risky drugs. Hopefully not wire hangers. (sighs) It's been done in the past and it'll be done again. No wire hangers. Yeah. What was that? What movie was that? Mommy Dearest? Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. (laughs) They're not going to be saving unborn babies. And honestly, they don't give a flying fuck about unborn babies. This is just an issue to rile up the base. They're going to be killing poor people who can't afford to have a baby and have to do the unthinkable and which will result in them dying. But they don't care. The things that are specifically mentioned in the Bible, you know, especially like in the New Testament, Jesus said to look out for the poor, the disadvantaged, for the marginalized. They're not doing a goddamn thing for those groups because... Well, because they don't care. But for the (laughs) unborn who don't actually make any demands on people, for the unborn who aren't obviously in need, well, that's a great group to focus on because... They have no demands on them. Exactly. They can't hold them accountable. Christians are all about the unborn, but as soon as you're born, fuck you, you're on your own. Pretty much. Yeah. Hopefully the world improves. (laughs) I have hope. Maybe it will. Yeah. Incrementally. Edge closer. We'll be a little bit farther away from blowing ourselves up with horrendous nuclear weapons. Yeah. I don't think that'll happen, by the way. You know what? Not in this war, anyway. <laughs> you know what? I, I hope not, but then I see crazy, stupid people doing crazy, stupid things, and you can't say it's not within the realm of possibility. It must be extra scary, too, to actually be living in one of the superpowers. America's close to everything. It is. It's really easy for me to say in Brisbane, Australia, which is in the bottom end of the world that nobody gives a fuck about because you can't grow anything here. It's not like you 
you guys have got like oil reserves coming out of your asses. Or do you? No, only uranium. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so if they drop nukes on you, they'll just have more radioactive material, I guess. Yeah. We've got shit tons of coal and shit tons of uranium. I haven't heard about the petrol situation. Hey, leave that coal in the fucking ground. We don't need that shit. Oh, here's something funny, Jones. I've got to tell you about this. Our Prime Minister, people love paying out on him because he's so ridiculous. He's a member of Hillsong, right? He's a Christian. Hillsong. I've never heard of that particular group. That's the brand of church that Justin Bieber goes to now. Fuck me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> They're happy, clappy, and just all about making you feel good with rock music. That's pretty much it. Oh, God. Okay. I think Chris Pratt got into that bullshit. Yes. Chris Pratt got into that horse shit. And that all started in Sydney, Australia. Can you believe it? Yes. That's crazy. It's like, how does something in Australia become so influential in Hollywood? I don't know. How does something in Utah <laughs> become so influential all over? In Australia. <laughs> in Australia, yeah. It's a global village. No, it's a global pandemic. That's right. <laughs> we hate our politicians in Australia. And there's this satire group called The Chaser. They have taken clips of things our Prime Minister have said. They've done this song about coal. Oh, God. And how it makes him come. Coal makes me come. Oh my God. <laughs> and it went nuts on TikTok. And then one of the people from the Chaser got on and said, you know what, this is trending so high. Somebody told me that we could get this into the charts if we just did this and this. So it's available now on whatever. Go and see if you can get us into the charts. Next week, the guy comes on and is like, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, the single is charting, I think, at um, 40 or something on the singles oh, yeah? chart. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. So apparently our Prime Minister loves Carl. It's where we get all of our power from in Australia because we don't have any nuclear power plants. Man, you would think that solar would be a definite. I know, right? Because you got, I mean. we got so much sun. Yeah. You've got, A, you got so much sun and it's not like the interior. There's a lot of right? stuff out there, right? I've been saying this forever. Not to say that they should be like just willy-nilly paving everything with solar panels, but they could, they yeah, they could put it out there. I think they should just like have huge solar factories in the center of Australia where no one is where there's nothing. Is there like a lot of wind out there? Could they put up windmills and stuff? Possibly. Uh, maybe not. I think the centre of Australia sucks pretty hard. <laughs> and they could even take into account Indigenous land and stuff. They'd be able to bypass all of that and still have plenty of room for everything. Anyway, whatever. Uh, whatever. <laughs> so we got a new book today. Yep. And it's only one chapter. Isn't that great? It's lovely. Oh, I love it so much. Well, um, I know I'm not going to love it so much. I think it's no, going to make me cry really. tears of absolute pain. Mm -hmm. the, the book is called The Book of Enos, and it was introduced in the last chapter of Jacob. So I think this is Jacob's son, right? Yep, Jacob's son, Enos. And I was saying to you earlier, whenever I think of Enos, there's a product we have in Australia, which is like a fizzy drink that you drink when you have heartburn. It sounds like it's pre-mixed Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer is a tablet you drop into water, and it fizzes up the water, and it's for indigestion. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. And that's what Enos reminds me of because there's a brand of that called Eno. Eno. <laughs> so um, 
If this gives us indigestion, <laughs> it should be its own medicine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it may very well, but luckily it's it's only 27, 28 verses. So. Oh, I love it. So have you got a preamble there? Enos prays mightily and gains a remission of his sins. The voice of the Lord comes into his mind, promising salvation for the Lamanites in a future day. The Nephites sought to reclaim the Lamanites. Enos rejoices in his Redeemer about 420 BC. Ooh, see, all the last book was like 540 to something or other. In Australia, does the number 420 have any significance whatsoever? Oh, yes, we know what that means. Mary Jane. Yes, exactly. This, <laughs> 420, this was the year uh, mellowing out. <laughs> Apparently, this is all just one big prayer. So Enos lit up and decided to go and smoke the peace pipe with God. Verse 1, Behold, it came to pass that I, Enos, knowing my father, that he was a just man, for he taught me in his language and also in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And blessed be the name of my God for it. Hyphen. So we're at the end of the verse. There's no period there. It's a goddamn hyphen. Verse two. And I will tell you of the wrestle which I had before God, before I received a remission of my sins. Oh, the remission of his... Uh, this is something yep. that Joseph talks about too. When he first saw God or the angel or whatever, his sins were forgiven. God said, your sins are forgiven you and all the other churches are fucked up. It's like Joseph has to put that bit in there because he needs to create a problem for him to fix. That is what religion is. Which is really politics as well. Really just human fucking nature. That's right. Politics, religion, it's humans. Football, same thing. Yeah, exactly. It's so tribal. Uh, We're fucked, Jones. I've never gotten sports. I've never been into sports. I've never really enjoyed sports. But boy, howdy, when I am watching a football game with my wife, I really get into it. I don't give a fuck about that. (laughs) But I'm like, kick his ass. You know, I get excited about little people on the TV. Who the fuck cares? Fuck these people. Fuck them all. Anyways. Okay, we have been together for 19 years, and I still, every time we watch a football game, I have to ask her about the rule. I'm like, wait, wait, why do you do that? Why why can't they do What's going on here? Huh? I'm a nerd enough and autistic enough that I've picked up on stuff, but still, like, there's other stuff. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Rules mystifying me. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Verse 3, Behold, I went to hunt beasts in the forest, and the words which I had often heard my father speak concerning eternal life and the joy of the saints sunk deep to my heart. What has that got to do with anything? A, nothing. (laughs) B, he's going to tell you why he's about to do the kind of crazy weird thing that he's going to do over the next 20 verses. Verse 4, And my soul hungered, and I kneeled down before my Maker, and I cried unto him in mighty prayer. Not just regular prayer, Jones, mighty prayer. I wonder what that sounds like. Uh... It's louder. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a higher decibel value, that's all. <laughs> it's got more fighting in it. Mm-hmm. It's like when families prayer fight with each other. Like they'll get around the table and say grace and then be like, Dear God, please forgive Susan for... Being such a cunt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mormons are a little too passive aggressive for that. We wouldn't actually come out and say, hey... Please forgive my brother for being a complete douchebag. 
had a moment's thought. Please help come into our hearts and help us to learn to live in peace and harmony. Right. Don't mention anybody by name. <laughs> and don't mention any specific thing. But like, for example, if you have a member of your family who is drifting away from the church, the prayer will be, dear God, please help us to understand the truth and love that is in the church and to be able to recognize without the church, <laughs> we are nothing. And that it's, you know, they're never going to mention Bob, who has tried coffee one time. <laughs> and therefore it's going to hell specifically. But boy, how they are going to try to make Bob feel really guilty and think that he's going to hell. They're going to get the message one way or another. And Bob's going to be like, your tone seems very pointed right now. Mm-hmm. I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> Mighty prayer and supplication for mine own soul. Oh, just for himself. He doesn't give a fuck about anyone else. Well, that's in the second half. Oh, okay. And all the day long did I cry unto him. Yay. And when the night came, I did still raise my voice high. Oh, you must be hoarse by now. That it reached the heavens. God's probably like, oh, shut up. No, God's like this. That's right. (laughs) Because he doesn't exist. God is doing nothing because there's nobody there. But if he was there, God would be loving this. God loves it when you focus on him because he's such an egotist. Yeah, God wants us to focus on him, but he's not going to do a goddamn thing for us. God's an asshole. God is an asshole. Verse five, and there came a voice unto me saying, Enos. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Sorry, it's not Enos, it's Enos, like penis. Enos the penis, yes, exactly. Enos the penis, thy sins are forgiven thee, and thou shalt be blessed. The penis is going to be blessed. Mm-hmm. I guess God is a bit like Viagra. Verse 6. And I, penis, knew that God <laughs> would not lie, wherefore my guilt was swept away. And I said, Lord, how is it done? And he said, none of your goddamn business. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, verse 8. And he said unto me, because of thy faith in Christ, 500 years before he exists or doesn't exist. <laughs> that 420 giants get it right. Right. Oh, you're right. Yeah, 420. <laughs> <laughs> whom thou hast never before heard nor seen, and many years pass away before he shall manifest himself in the flesh. Wherefore, go to thy faith has made thee whole. Now it came to pass that when I had heard these words, I began to feel a deep desire for the welfare of my brethren, the Nephites. Wherefore, I did pour out my whole soul unto God for them. Ah, if only he did pour out his whole soul, he wouldn't be alive anymore, would he? Yeah, he would have dropped dead like Shiram. Later, there's another guy who does basically the same thing as Shiram. But for him, he gets struck dumb and then he writes in the dust of the ground that he was wrong and then eventually becomes a beggar and then he gets run over by a chariot. <laughs> that guy got fucked, basically. Like, don't mess with God. Shiram was just going, oh, I'm worried about my soul and died. I was searching earlier through the Book of Mormon text file that I've got to just try and find Enos quickly. I thought, hmm, Enos can't be mentioned too many times. It'll probably go straight to the title of the book. And it pretty much did. It only took a few searches to get there. Yeah, because Jacob talks about his kid. But I forgot that along the way, it'll also search for sub-matches. Right, so Zenos Zenos, that's right. It yep. picked up Zenos mm-hmm. as well. I'm like, oh, Smitty just has this thing with words where he just loves to reuse pretty much the whole word and change one character. Mm-hmm. And while I was struggling in the spirit, <laughs> 
Behold, the voice of the Lord came into my mind again. He sounds like he's very troubled in his mind. (laughs) So the Lord came into my mind again. Our God's just ejaculating all through his breath. All over the place, yep. Saying, I will visit thy brethren according to their diligence in keeping my commandments. That was a pretty American way you just said commandments, right? Commandments. 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 (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've ever told you this, but I actually hate the Australian accent. (laughs) Well, that's kind of suck for you. (laughs) Jesus. Commandments. That's right. Commandments. 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 (laughs) (laughs) I have given unto them this land, and it is a holy land, and I curse it, not save it, be for the cause of iniquity. What that's saying is he's not going to curse it unless you're bad. Uh, Okay, so if there was a semicolon in there, and I curse it not, semicolon, save it be for the cause of iniquity. That's right. Save is used as a negator, isn't it? Often Mm -hmm. in this stupid book. Wherefore, I will visit thy brethren according as I have said, and their transgressions will I bring down with sorrow upon their heads. And after I, Enos, had heard these words, my faith began to be unshaken. The Enos is starting to get rock hard, Jones. Oh, no. In the Lord. Yucky. (laughs) Who knows what's going to happen? Probably the Lord's going to be coming again, I imagine. I think so. I think Enos is going to be coming too. Oh, God. And I prayed unto him with many long strugglings for my brethren, the Lamanites. All right. Take it away with turgidity, Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Verse 12. And it came to pass that after I had prayed and labored with all diligence, the Lord said unto me, I will grant unto thee according to thy desires because of thy faith. And now, behold, this was the desire which I desired of him. Oh, get better desires. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That if it should so be that my people, the Nephites, should fall into transgression and by any means be destroyed and the Lamanites should not be destroyed, that the Lord God would preserve a record of my people, the Nephites, even if it so be by the power of his holy arm, that it might be brought forth at some future day unto the Lamanites, that perhaps they might be brought unto salvation. Okay, he's fucking writing the origin story. <laughs> Look at Enos praying about the Book of Mormon coming. Why isn't that amazing? No, you motherfucker, you're writing it right now. (laughs) It's just like when George Lucas went back to write his prequels, hey? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. For at the present, our struggles were in vain in restoring them to the true faith. And they swore in their wrath that, if it were possible, they would destroy our records and us and also all the traditions of our fathers. What traditions? I mean, really, what traditions do they have? Being the least Jewish uh, Jewish people that you've ever met. Exactly. one of their traditions. <laughs> Smitty waffled on through all the first part of the book so far, and he's told us no traditions. There's no traditions. There's no holidays. Yeah, their tradition is being, you know, Americana uh, 19th century Christians, but set in 600 BC. Right. I mean, by this point in the Old Testament, you know, a few books in, they've got lists of things of all the traditions that they do. We're going to do this on this day. This is what you should do when 
you do this and this is how you're going to build your temple in the future and this is what we do in this particular problem. That's all tradition. There's no tradition here. This is just a really repetitive story that went nowhere. Mm -hmm. And 50. Wherefore, I, knowing that the Lord God was able to preserve our records, I cried unto him continually, for he had said unto me, Whatsoever things ye shall ask in faith, believing that ye shall receive them in the name of Christ, he shall receive it. He should have asked for a pony because yeah, there weren't right. any of those in the States at the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, those were tapirs. That's right. And I had faith, and I did cry unto God that he would preserve the records. And he covenanted with me that he would bring them forth unto the Lamanites in his own due time. All right. I'm going to do an aside here because I don't know if you've ever looked at the title page to the Book of Mormon. The stated purpose of the Book of Mormon is to bring the Lamanites to an understanding and a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what the Mormons don't focus on a lot anymore? The Lamanites? The Lamanites! (laughs) Like, like, like the entire stated purpose of the Book of Mormon was, was, was to take the indigenous Northern American tribes and make them Mormons so their skins could become white and delightsome. Over the years, that stated purpose has become less and less and less something that they're focusing on. Isn't it interesting how religion always evolves over time, even though technically speaking, it shouldn't because somebody writes this shit down and said, this is how it is. This is the truth. But the truth in quotes just still evolves. Yep, exactly. (laughs) And I... Enos knew it would be according to the covenant which he had made. Wherefore, my soul did rest. And the Lord said unto me, Thy fathers have also required of me this thing, and it shall be done unto them according to their faith, for their faith was like unto mine. All right, so you're as great as your fathers, we get it. And now it came to pass that I... Enos went into a penis. No, no. That no, would, that's called that's docking. Called docking. <laughs> yes, exactly. Here's an interesting story. I used to work at a call center and I was sitting next to one of my friends there who happens to be quite the homosexual. He's a great guy. Hilarious. And uh, he was telling me all of a sudden randomly about a sleeve, which is what gay guys use to dock. I mean, they don't have to, but I guess it aids in the docking process. And you can think of it like a tube, right, where they stick Mm -hmm. their anus into. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's like an airlock tube connecting two submarines or two spaceships. Exactly. Right. And he says, oh, I like a good sleeve. (laughs) (laughs) Crikey. And I'm like, okay, whatever, that's it. That's great, mate. And now it came to pass that I, Enos, went out among the people of Nephi prophesying of things to come (laughs) himself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And testifying of the things which I had heard and seen. In seminary, we were encouraged to pray like Enos, to pour out our whole heart and to, you know, devote time to praying. And I remember I tried it and I think I made it like somewhere between an hour and two hours. And you know, yeah, (laughs) which is incredibly long, but compared to Enos, that's nothing. But it was... At the end of my time praying, I didn't hear anything. No. <laughs> like nothing. Just fucking crickets. Uh-huh. That was one of those really frustrating things because like I'm doing everything. Why isn't any of this working? Oh, well, because God made you broken. Well, fuck you and burn in hell. 
All right, where the book are we? All right, 20. Now I will actually read it. (laughs) And I bear record that the people of Nephi did seek diligently to restore the Lamanites unto the true faith in God. But our labors were vain. Their hatred was fixed, and they were led by their evil nature that they became wild and ferocious and a bloodthirsty people. Oh, so they're humans. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> a bloodthirsty people full of idolatry and filthiness, feeding upon beasts of prey, dwelling in tents and wandering about in the wilderness with a short skin girdle about their loins Ooh. and their heads shaven and their skill was in the bow and in the scimitar and in the axe. And many of them did eat Nothing save it was raw meat. Sushi. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be more like beef tartare. Yeah. And it would have been tapir tartare, wouldn't it? Yes, exactly. Tapir tartare. Or cumulon. Cumulon. Which, oh, there's two made-up names of animals. Oh, they're not a real animal? No, but Joseph Smith put them in there. Oh. And um, <laughs> some Mormons theorized that those were woolly mammoths. Oh, <laughs> Oh, what a crock. Which died out, you know, thousands of years before, but... Oh, Joseph. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so we still got to finish uh, verse 20, so... Jesus Christ. And they were continually seeking to destroy us. I might take the next little one, because that was really big. Yeah, let's well, go for it. And it came to pass, ding, that the people of Nephi did till the land and raise all manner of grain. Oh, did they? And of fruit and flocks of herds. Flocks of herds? <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, isn't a flock a herd? <laughs> and isn't I a mean, herd yeah. a flock the, sort of? Yeah, yeah aren't, those, aren't those terms interchangeable? And there are different and kinds like, of things. <laughs> right, like flocks are birds? Yeah, flocks are birds and herds are land-based animals, yeah. Yeah, right, so fuck you, Joseph. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, and flocks of all manner of cattle of every kind. What? Hey, you know what the Americas never had? What? Cattle? They didn't have fucking cattle until the Spaniards and colonists came. Yeah, and brought their cows with them. It's often said that basically Joseph Smith went out his front door and he looked around and he saw all the animals that were currently there and all the plants and the crops that were currently there and he just said, hey, this shit's always been here. He wasn't very creative. No, he wasn't. And he's saying that every kind of cattle was there. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, you've got your jerseys. And you got your Texas longhorn. <laughs> all right. So all matter of cattle of every kind and goats and wild goats <laughs> and goats and wild goats. And also, <laughs> and also many horses. Oh, this guy. God. Oh, fuck. I'm going to do another sign. Oh, okay. Notice how they are comparing the Lamanites, just their way of living compared to the Nephites and their way of living. It's basically indicative of the whole America, you know, the white settlers right. in order to become in order to become good people, you have to follow our way of life with agriculture and with the wearing some goddamn clothes. And, you know, like this is just basically saying, look, the white people, the Nephites are better than the evil people, the brown people, the Lamanites. I mean, it's this American exceptionalism, you know, manifest destiny bullshit. 
And more than that, he's also painting them with different um, characters because he says the Lamanites were bloodthirsty, ferocious. He's painting them like they're wild, um, what do you call them? Savages? Savages, that's it. They're painting them like they're savages, like they're different from them in some way when the truth is they're not. Everyone's a little savage. Right, and remind me who had a giant fucking civil war just a few years after this? Uh-huh. It certainly wasn't the indigenous people here. It was you white boys. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. 22, I'll keep going. And there were exceedingly many prophets among us, and the people were a stiff necked people. He liked that one. Mm-hmm. Enos was stiff, and so were the people. Hard to understand. <laughs> and there was nothing save it was exceeding harshness, preaching and prophesying of wars and contentions and distractions and continually reminding them of death <laughs> and the duration of eternity and the judgments and the power of God and all these things, stirring them up continually to keep them in the fear of the Lord. Full stop. What the fuck did all of that say? That was just such a word salad of horseshit. It was basically saying all this bad shit was happening among the Nephites, but it was only so that we could think about God and be afraid of God. That's the reason bad shit happens to people. Not because God is an uncaring, unknowing, ineffective entity, but because God wants you to fear him and do what he says. So even if you're being good and bad shit happens to you, God's doing it so you remember him. So thank you, God. Yep. Fuck you, God. Fuck you, God. Exactly. I say there was nothing short of these things and exceedingly great plainness of speech. Uh, nothing short of exceedingly mm-hmm. great plainness of speech all the time. <laughs> Just like this sentence mm-hmm. would keep them from going down speedily to destruction. And after this manner do I write concerning them. Take it away, Jones. Oh, dear God. 24. And I saw wars between the Nephites and the Lamanites in the course of my day. How, how can you have a war? When there's like probably 20 people in each tribe, because that's how many people you could fucking make in this period of time. <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. 25, and it came to pass that I began to be old. And 179 years had passed away from the time that our father, Lehi, left Jerusalem. And I saw that I must soon go down to my grave, having been wrought upon by the power of God, that I must preach and prophesy unto this people and declare the word according to the truth which is in Christ. And I have declared it in all my days and have rejoiced in it above that of the world. This doesn't sound like a very rejoicing book, though, does it? None of this sounds rejoicing. Well, God does shitty things so that we'll remember him. Yay, that's good. I guess 27, last verse, we can do it. And I soon go to the place of my rest, which is with my Redeemer, for I know that in him I shall rest. And I rejoice in the days when my mortal shall put on immortality and shall stand before him. Then shall I see his face with pleasure. And he will say unto me, Come unto me, ye blessed. There is a place prepared for you in the mansions of my Father. Amen. His mortal's going to put on immortality. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then it'll stand before him. Right, 
(laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad that we were able to start and finish a book in one go. Hell yeah. I wish more books were like that. And we've got, (laughs) I think, about three more books like that. They're all one after the other, just like one chapter Yeah, bam, 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 bam. Yes, they're filler material. He had to reach a word count. And I, Dildo Baggins, whatever the fuck his name is, (laughs) received the records from my father, and I did preach all my days. And now I die, so I give it to my son, Dildo Baggins Jr. Uh, Take it away. Oh, I just can see Smitty thinking to himself, Oh, mention the record in there somewhere. Got to mention the record. And I passed my records. <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. It just popped out of nowhere. That book's like, oh, fuck off with your stupid fucking record. <laughs> yep. Anyway. All right. Well, I'll let you get back to your life and I'll see you All again right. soon. Thanks, Jones.